hi and welcome to another episode of the F1 Ramble. This week we're going to be discussing the new addition to the Aston Martin team, some upgrades for Alpine and what we expect to see from McLaren over the next year or so, and also a preview for this weekend's race. This is Alex and Tiago. Finally, we're back. It's been what's felt like an eternity since the last race, but I'm so glad we've got one looking to look forward to this weekend. And not only have we got a Grand Prix, we also have a new addition to the Aston Martin team. What do you think about that, Tiago? Yeah, oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Look, we're back. The Hulk is back. Um, and I think, yeah, is a great addition to, uh, to Aston Martin. I think he's going to add a little bit of pressure to uh, Sebastian Vettel, which is obviously something we, uh, we touched on last week. Yeah, it's not, it's, he's waiting in the wings. If you've got a decent driver just waiting in the wings to take over if something goes wrong. And I think it's a good move from Aston Martin because obviously last year as Racing Point, they were very dependent on him to take over from Lance Stroll and Checo when they both uh, caught COVID. And he was drafted in at last minute. And it's been said that by him and also the Aston Martin camp that he'll be better prepared. He'll, he'll be um, a better driver if those circumstances arise again, because he's not going to be called on last minute. Yeah, I think, look, this makes sense on so many different levels. Um, initially, it's the fact, yes, you need a substitute driver, especially in the times that we live in at the moment, where, you know, any moment, one of the guys can drop out because of COVID. So, number one, yes, you need, you need a, um, a driver that is going to be there with a team day in day out understands the car all the different nuances that that come with it but also you know by by having someone like Hulkenberg it's gonna it's gonna be able to uh, to give the um you know, the other two drivers you know a bit of motivation to think actually I, I need to be on the top of my game because there's someone really capable on the wings waiting for for his opportunity yeah definitely but I, I think that like like you've mentioned earlier and we, we we touched on last week, that's going to affect Sebastian Vettel more than it is Lance Stroll. I think Lance Stroll, in the back of his mind, has constantly got that security of, this is, this is my dad's team, this is my team. I, I haven't got too much to worry about. Whereas Vettel, he knows that he's not on the best run of form. So hopefully this will be the kick up the bum that he needs to sort of get going. Yeah, and with, with Lance, he's a driver that is you know, on the up. So even though he might not be the, the finished article at the moment or even like a world-class driver, he's a driver that is improving. When yeah. you look at, at Vettel, who is probably still still better than Lance, he's declining. You know, they're going, the traject- trajectories are um, are very different. So yeah, it's definitely definitely kick up the backside for uh, for Sebastian. And frankly, I'm I'm just excited to have Hulk back on the grid because... He's a good egg and, um, you know, he probably deserves this. He's probably the best driver out there without a seat at the moment. And, yeah, I totally agree. You know, this is a guy who obviously dropped everything to, to be part of the uh, of the Force India team when he got given the opportunity last year. Um, someone who Racing had, point. Sorry, racing point. Someone who had been part of Force India as a, um, as a team in the past. You know, he raced for them. So the guys know him there. The team knows him. And it just makes sense on on all fronts um, for him to uh, to be their um, their reserve driver. I think it's important for him to be sort of part of a team as well because 
last year he was called upon and he would he'd have driven for anyone if anyone had offered him a seat he'd been, yeah 100 percent, i'm there i'll do anything to drive but he had a year out where he wasn't part of any team he, he wasn't involved with any developments or anything like that and he probably for that one year had a didn't have a sense of belonging um whilst he was looking for something to do effectively whereas now aston martin as as you've highlighted before an exciting team they're looking to build a, a brilliant brand within the sport and he's now a part of a project and he's got something to believe in yeah and it's going to eradicate you know last minute sit fittings it's going to um you know he's going to be in shape so he's not going yeah. to be worn out after grand prix he's going to understand the the uh, the steering wheel and you know all the different uh, intricacies that the car is going to have and it's just he's just going to be much better prepared um to you know to be a um a, a driver for um for Aston Martin should they need and yeah like i just think it makes sense if anything the question is why didn't they do this last year yeah i i, t- I totally agree and I, I i do wonder whether or not this could be sort of a a potential fail safe if the Sebastian Vettel card fails. Um, if 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 he doesn't do what they're expecting, would they drop Vettel and replace him with with Hulkenberg, who they know is a reliable character? So I don't want to keep you know beating a, a a dead horse with our opinions around Sebastian Vettel, but the fact is, he's a driver that has dropped off if you compare to to how good he was at Red Bull and even during his first few years at Ferrari, that hunger that he had and and sort of some of the wins and some of the drives he was able to put together and accomplish, that has sort of disappeared. Um, the, yeah, so it's whether or not he can uh, he can stop his um, his degradation as a driver, um, and whether he can get some of that form back. Because if he doesn't, I could see Aston Martin saying, "Look, thank you, but no, thank you." Yeah, and you've got the age-old expression that that form is form is temporary and class is permanent, and Sebastian Vettel still has that class. It in Formula One, like you see the way he he went up to Ocon after the last race after he shunted him, and he he's shaking his hand, he's apologising. So Sebastian Vettel's class is still there; his form just isn't, and yeah. that that's that's natural. As 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 athletes age, you you see it in football. Some footballers like your Cristiano Ronaldo's and your Messi's, they'll they'll get older, or Ibrahimovic as well can get older and still perform at the highest level and others as they get older tail off and maybe that's the case with Sebastian Vettel you see Lewis Hamilton getting older and going from strength to strength and Sebastian Vettel was just sort of tailing off a little bit so it's just the way athletes are if everybody's different yeah absolutely and you know talking about uh, Sebastian and obviously Stroll as well how do you think Aston Martin are going to do this weekend um I, I think we can expect a similar a similar race result to, to last weekend. I think Sebastian Vettel will finish a bit higher up, providing he doesn't uh, get caught behind Mazepan in qualifying again. Um, but I, I, I think Sebastian Vettel and, and Lance Stroll will both grab some points. Yeah, um, I, like, I like to think they will, but um, you know, there's, there's only obviously 10, um, 10 places that are allowed to score points. And at the moment, the way I see it, Obviously, we've got the the guys at the front with Mercedes, Red Bull, but then I think Alpha Tauri, McLaren, and Ferrari are better positioned than than Aston Martin as it stands. Um, so you know, if no one if no one um, drops out, if there's no DNFs, uh, 
actually, I think it might be a, a bit of an uphill task for them to uh, to get in the points. Yeah, I mean, when I say get points, I don't think they'll get decent points. I'm I'm thinking more sort of like ninth and tenth. Um, but I, I think it's I think it is it is possible. Uh, there's there's quite a few DNFs last year at uh, Imola, so um, anything's anything's possible. Yeah, no, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, I think everyone's gonna be uh, it's gonna be more focused at the front anyway. Um, with um, with Hamilton Verstappen round two. And I think we're finally going to get some answers. Like, is this actually what we're we're going to have all season? These guys going going head to head, you know, fighting until the last lap, or was that a bleep? And actually, one of the cars is you know is ahead of the other. So, like like it was for for Bahrain, that's the thing I'm going to be like looking at in in qualifying and um, and even in free practices. Are these guys you know evenly matched? Are we going to have another you know? proper um head-to-head yeah i think i think the the race pace has shown that the mercedes and red bull aren't too far off each other on race pace um it will be qualifying will be the biggest biggest tell because obviously verstappen quite quite a big gap to to hamilton in quali i i think that was also down to hamilton not having the, the the cleanest lap but still verstappen had to do the job and he did it um, so, so hats off to Verstappen for doing what he did. I think the qualifying will be a little bit closer. I don't think it'll be. Was it four tenths last time? Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it'd be as big as that. Either way round, whether it's Hamilton on pole or Verstappen on pole, it will definitely be between Hamilton and Verstappen again this weekend, though. That's that's for sure. Mm, yeah, and and look, Verstappen did put in a really good lap. He got it. He really hooked it up. Got it all. Um, you know, put it all together, and hence why he was um, he was four tenths ahead of um, ahead of Hamilton. Um, I actually think they they are very very close, and I hope it remains that way. But it's what I'm going to be um, be you know keeping an eye out for. Do you think uh, McLaren will be in with a shout for a podium? Obviously, last year it was one of Daniel Ricciardo's two podiums. Do you think he's got a shout in the McLaren this year? Mm, probably not. So obviously last year, the reason why why Ricardo got um got his podium was because Verstappen had um you know I think his his tire blew out on him, uh, and Alex Albon was doing Alex Albon things, um and he was you know fighting for like seven for eight, um and he span as well actually I th- I don't think he um finished Albon finished fifteenth yeah there you go yeah he he span after the restart so um obviously that paved the way for uh, for Daniel Ricardo to come in and score a podium. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case this this year, because I think it'll be two Mercedes and one Red Bull um, on the podium, or or maybe even two Red Bulls and one Mercedes. Because I, I'm really impressed with uh, with Sergio Perez actually. I, a couple of weeks ago, or before the um, obviously before the first race, I was thinking, is this guy is this guy gonna gonna do well in that Red Bull seat? And like we we said, look, things weren't looking good for him, especially as he as he um, had to you know stop the car. In the um, um, you know, in, in the um, sort of lap before the I can't think of the word. Help me out here. Formation lap. Exactly in the formation lap before the um, before the race started, and I thought, okay, well, this is the start of a um, of a story I've seen before. But actually, he just came through that field and he looked really comfortable in the car. So I'm thinking, look, if he can if he can hook it up and get it together, he's going to be the uh, the third or fourth best car on the grid. And frankly, if, if McLaren are going to get a podium, is because Something has happened. Someone has crashed. There's a DNF. It's not going to be on pace. 
Yeah, I mean, and all credit to, to Checo as well. To be in that situation, your first race for your new team, and you know you've got a car that's going to fight for wins and the championship potentially, that could have done a lot to his confidence. He could have been sitting there sort of having a little wobbly in the car, sort of going, I can't believe this happened to me. What have I got to do? Oh, no, I'm not going to finish the race, not even going to get to start the race. And to, to, to pull up the drive he did, it shows class. Yeah, he's a, he's a race winner. Mm. Like he is now, yeah, a genuine race winner. So he's in a better car. Um, and I posted this on Instagram the other day. You know, was that a one-off or is he going to do it again? I genuinely think he he's going to win more races. He's in. He's got a ton of podiums, and he's never been in a car as good as this. Yeah. So why wouldn't he? Yeah, no, without a doubt, he's going to get more race wins this year. Um, it's just remains to be seen how many. Um. And it's going to be how many times he can beat Verstappen. That's that's just going to be the key thing. How many times is he going to come in second to Verstappen? Not necessarily second place, but just just second in general. Yeah, but but I think with um with Checo, if he look, if he gets close enough, you know Verstappen is excellent. He he's a top top driver, but you know he's. Sometimes he's he's not going to qualify where where he should qualify, or you know he's not going to be able to hook up a lap, or he's going to get uh, pipped in the um, in the start of a race. And I think someone like Checo actually has the uh, the ability to uh, to take the fight to Verstappen. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know he does beat him in a couple of races. Yeah, I mean last year uh, at Imola Perez got a sixth place finish, so I, I, I'm confident in that Red Bull. He's going to be able to improve on that this year. Yeah, it's um, it was, a, it was a decent race last year. I was um, obviously watching back the uh, the the highlights and um, Alpha Tar- were doing really well with uh, with Gasly um, in qualifying and then in the race before he had to uh, he had to retire. And they obviously started the season with the bang. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kvyat got a fourth place finish last year. Exactly. So. I think they're um they're going to be one of the teams to uh, to keep an eye out for because they've they've actually come um come leaps and bounds um from the year before which they were in a decent place. So if anything actually looking at it right now I'd probably say they're they're my favorites to take that third spot. Okay. Even I'm, even I'm, above I McLaren. I would still I'd still be putting my money on McLaren. I I just think they've got over the course of a season I think McLaren have got more sort of clout and resources to sort of outperform AlphaTauri over the course of a full season. Yeah, definitely. Over the course of a full season, I agree. But I think for for the um, Imola Grand Prix, I think AlphaTauri might be um, there might be a surprise. Um, well, not really a surprise because obviously we've we've identified and a lot of people have identified their pace. Um, but I think they they might do well. Um, a bit more of um, of what we saw last year from them. Hopefully, without the uh, the ghastly DNF. How about uh, how about your your favourite driver and his team, Alpine and Alonso? How do you think they're going to do this weekend? They're not in a good place, um, that's for sure. I think in qualif- in um, in testing, there was a little bit of hope, I guess, because you know they did okay. Um, they didn't set the world alight, but at the same time, I didn't think they were trying to set the world alight. I think they were just trying to literally just get laps in, just go round and round and round. And get in as many laps as they could, which obviously they did. And I thought, okay, well, we're going to get to Bahrain. We're going to see the real Alpine. 
It turns out there wasn't much more uh, for them to for them to show. They're they're literally okay as as a team, and I know they've got um they've got upgrades coming for this race, um which is going to be it's going to be good to see um the sort of an aerodynamic uh package upgrade. So hopefully that is going to propel them up the grid a little bit. But I also imagine most other teams are going to have um, some sort of upgrade. Um, they're the only ones that sort of really come out and said that we've got these these upgrades coming. We're we're hoping it's gonna it's gonna help us, you know, take the car forward. But I'm not too um, I'm not holding my breath. No, I mean I mean with with uh, as big a gap as we've had between these two races, other teams will definitely be bringing upgrades as well. There's there's no way they're just going to be sitting back twiddling their thumbs over this 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 period they're they're all going to be working on things and going to want to be trying out new new aerodynamic elements on the cars etc um it'd be interesting to see how mercedes what what mercedes bring whether they're able to sort of highlight all the issues that they've had in comparison to red bull yeah and close close that gap as well because i think mercedes have the ability to close that gap pretty quickly yeah no they do and and the thing is with with Mercedes is going to be whether whether or not they um you know fully develop this car as the year goes on or or whether they they start looking towards 2022 um because they they tend to sort of halt development quite early quite early on and move on to uh, to next year's car while Red Bull tend to develop right to the very end so right now yes they're going to have upgrades Red Bull are going to have upgrades themselves um, so a lot of the time when this happens is you don't actually get to see how much a team has gained because their competitor has also gained a little bit. So actually they they remain they remain matched, but it's it's whether or not you know Mercedes decide to keep on developing that car until the very end. And I think the race results are going to dictate that, um, and whether or not you know Mercedes can afford to look to 2022 uh, this early on. Or, or whether or not they um they need to keep their resources focused on this car. Yeah, and I think as well, Mercedes, like you said, that they will get to a point where they're going to halt development and focus on next year's car. But I, I don't think they're going to do that as severely as they have in the past because they've because they've been so dominant over the the, the past few years or, or however long. They they've been able to do that. They've had the luxury of yeah. being able to do that, whereas. In all the interviews I've seen with Christian Horner, he's like, "Look, this is our year. This is this is this is the perfect year for us with the rule changes coming in next year to be able to stop that Mercedes domination, or at least put a break in it." Um, and Red Bull, like you said, will just continue developing and developing until the end of the season. So Mercedes, being the well-oiled German machine that they are, and as competitive as they are, aren't going to want to lose that record. They're going to want to keep on setting new records on new records. So I think they might, I think they will stop their development at some point. I don't think it'll be as early as they have done in the past. Yeah, it's going to be a catch, you know, it's a catch 22, um, whether or not they carry on developing the car or not. It's all going to be um, based on the race results and, and where they are, uh, you know, come, let's say, the, the Hungarian Grand Prix. Uh, because if one of the team manages, to um you know sort of run away with it that team will will feel quite comfortable to actually shift shift development um but in turn obviously the the team who's chasing will probably think oh we can't catch them so we're gonna shift development too um Mm. so whatever happens i um 
I suspect uh, one team to uh, to follow the other, uh, especially because there's new there's new regulations. Um, and also, like the earlier they do it, the 2022 is going to be different. The the car is going to be different. The um the grid is you know the order of the grid. It, there's going to be a massive shakeup. Um, so I think it is important for teams to to really have have you know a lot of development in that car. Um, and we were talking about Alpine just before. Obviously, we went off on this little uh, tangent. I would be looking at them and thinking, look, you're not going to win this year. You're if you look at how far you are from the competition, you have to throw a lot of resources to to put yourself in a position where you might get a podium, right? If they get a podium, it's going to be one of those crazy races. Um, so I'm thinking, look, shift all your resources to 2022, and you know, start from there. Like For- Haas, <laughs> right? Right, this season off. Exactly, and, and look, with Haas, that they're at a point where they didn't even try. Um, but you look at someone like Alpine, they have tried. Yes, maybe do one or two upgrade packages and and see whether or not you can make the strides that you're hoping to make. But if you're not making them, just look, just say, just right off the year and go to 2022 where you might actually win something. Yeah, I think it's beyond that for, for Alpine. I don't think they're going to be able to do sort of a few upgrades and then find themselves with a, a more competitive car. That car just doesn't look fast. No. It just looks like it, just looks like it, it just looks like it's cruising. It, it's It's... It's a car that looks like it's out for a Sunday drive. Yeah. On a race weekend. It's just, it's nice enough to drive. It's not anything special. Um, it's almost like, it's almost just just a comfortable car. Like a almost, I can't think of a, a car to, an equivalent car, road car to compare it to, but I don't know. Something that's got a bit of clout, but you just cruise. You just enjoy driving. And Alonso didn't look like he was struggling with the car. Ocon didn't look like he was struggling with the car, but they didn't look like they were fast in the car either. Yeah, so. they weren't. They weren't doing amazing things either. No. So yeah, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. On, on the other hand, if you are a McLaren or a um, Alpha Tauri or even a you know, Ferrari, it might make a bit more sense actually to develop these cars because you might get that podium. You might finish third in the championship and obviously you know at that point the prize money makes you know makes a bit a bit of a difference oh, absolutely um but if you're if you're going to be sixth or seventh in the championship it's it's probably no no point no no and i, I think as well looking into next year mclaren are going to be a team to watch out for you you look at the progress they've made switching to a mercedes engine um, and in the sort of innovation side of things, where they've redeveloped the rear of the car, they've shown that innovation. They've shown that hunger to improve. Next year, with the lineup with the Mercedes power unit, the lineup of Ricardo and, and Norris, they're going to be a team to watch for next year. Um, this 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 weekend, I think they're going to be around around the middle. They're going to, the the middle of the top ten. Yeah, you could look at like a. Fifth and sixth place for 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 Ricardo and 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 Norris, um, and then, like we mentioned, potentially pick up a podium if there's a a DNF or a penalty or anything like that ahead of them. Mm. It's still it's still early days for them. I think what they did so well last year was sometimes they were the the third best car on the grid, sometimes they were the sixth best car on the grid. But 
every time they were up there, they were they were fighting. Um, there were times where Renault, on the other hand, would be you know definitely the third fastest car on the grid, but other times would be like the eighth fastest. Um, and you know that that gap, there's a lot of up and down as well. McLaren was just consistent, and yeah, I'm very excited for them for next year as well. Um, because since Andreas Seidel joined that team, the decision making is is done, and sort of the the things he's been able able to achieve. They got a um a new wind tunnel um on the way, um, and if you think about when um when it was like Van Dorn and Alonso and that car wasn't very good, just after the uh, the Honda split, one of the big things that they found was that the um there was issues with the correlation between the on track data that they were collecting and the uh, the wind tunnel so normally like you i guess you try and mimic it or you try and obviously correlate them and and there was issues with with the data so every time they thought oh okay if we use this this particular winglet on the uh, on the car it's going to make us go you know attempt faster that's what they would get from the wind tunnel from that information but actually because it didn't correlate to what they had on the track you know they didn't get the results that they were expecting so Having a, a new wind tunnel and their own wind tunnel as well, because the ones the one they used before was in Cologne, uh, in okay. Germany. So actually having their own one, guess more time, probably cheaper to use, uh, and again something that they're going to have before the budget cap comes in. So being able to to use that, but I think that's not even ready. I think it takes like five years to to build a wind yeah. tunnel. Yeah. And I was, I, I can't remember what I was watching or reading or listening to, but the, there's the, the, a discussion around the, the use of the wind tunnel and how, how the, the teams will have uh, their, their wind tunnel time reduced or increased depending on where they're finishing in the championship, etc. And how Red Bull have an advantage over everybody else because of the, the CAD system that they use uh, for their their aerodynamics, yeah. they're able to replicate the wind tunnel on their computer system. Um, so it's whether or not McLaren are able to develop something in line with that, along with their new wind tunnel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Even even though that the you know, the, the time is going to be um, yeah, it's going to be regulated. Just the fact they're going to have one that's going to give them better results anyway. Um, but yeah, look, you've got the wind tunnel. You've got the Mercedes engine. You've got Daniel Ricciardo, race winner. Like they're they're set to to oh, have absolutely. a good um, a good twenty twenty two. And, and Lando Norris, everything. yeah, and Lando Norris each each year Lando Norris matures that little bit more. I, and I I love the, the sort of the childish nature of Lando Norris. Um, one of, one of the favourite things I've seen him do was when he did a segment with uh, Carlos Sainz last year, and they were trying out all these different foods. And Lando Norris got really happy that he had this ice cream and they poured the coffee on, their, on his ice cream. He was like, oh no, you've ruined it. Why would you do that to my ice cream? And I love that he still got that sort of childish nature. But I also love the maturity that he has within his racing. That each, each, each time he steps out on track, you just feel more confident in his ability as a race driver. Yeah. Do you know what? I've never really thought about it, but yeah. His on-track personality doesn't match his, you know, Twitch streamer personality yeah, that he also has. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, that that is very true, and that's the kind of thing that, 
you know, if he was sort of, you know, prone to, to making mistakes or, you know, he wasn't as fast as, as he is, fingers we pointed at, oh, yeah, he, he, uh, he streams too much. He's just focused on Twitch and Instagram and, you know, his video games. He's not actually focused on, on becoming a world champion, on, a, you know, being a, an F1 driver. But because he has been so good and he um, and has really hit the ground running, it means that he can do those things and be able to, um, to you know, attract fans that way. Because a lot of yeah. fans, they'll, you know, he's he's a decent um, decent size sort of, you know, Twitch guy. And I know he sort of collaborates with a lot of the bigger streamers. So just by doing that, there are some eyes that are coming towards Formula 1 from the, um, you know, from Lando Norris and his sort of, Twitch presence, yeah, the gaming world, yeah, and actually, if you if you look at um, Drive to Survive, the reason why um, Formula One decided to have Drive to Survive on Netflix was because Netflix had a um, a younger audience than Amazon Prime, and they wanted to attract younger you know viewers to uh, to the sport. So having having Lando do this on you know on Twitch. It really sort of aligns with with what Formula One are trying to do as a whole. So, the race this weekend, who who are you looking forward to see out on track? Who who's going? Who do you think is going to excite you this weekend? Mm, I don't look. I'm not going to move the uh, the conversation away from uh, from McLaren because actually I think Daniel Ricciardo is going to be the one I'm going to be you know keeping my eye out for because that that sort of um you know competition between Norris and Daniel Ricciardo that's going to be fascinating throughout the whole season because you've got Daniel Ricciardo who as I said race winner podiums you know countless time countless times um has been around around the paddock for a while has been you know in many teams and then you've got Lando Norris has been only in one team fairly new to the sport still um and but he knows McLaren. He knows that team. Ricardo doesn't. So just they're literally the exact opposites when it comes to their career, you know, and what one has achieved and what the other one has and the experience. Um, so just having that and seeing them go, go head to head is going to be exciting. And, and to see who, who does have the upper hand by, um, you know, by the time we get to, uh, to Abu Dhabi and be super interested in, in that. Want to see if Daniel Ricciardo can do one of those Daniel Ricciardo laps that we know he can do in in qualifying and and say, look, I'm here, I'm I'm ready to lead this team, or or whether or not you know Lando Norris beats him, and and then you start to ask yourself questions like, who is the number one driver? Because look, if you want to win a championship, I think you do need a number one driver. If you don't have a number one number one driver, they're gonna take too many points away from each other. Yeah. And but I, I, I think as well, you don't have a number one driver until you have a championship winning car. Yeah, but that, that's, that's why, that's why, like, so Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris, I don't really think there was a number one driver. There was a better driver Carlos than the was. other. I, he was, Carlos Sainz was the better driver. I don't think he was the number one driver. I, I don't, I don't feel that McLaren would have had team orders to favor Carlos Sainz over Lando Norris. Because sure. it didn't really uh, the the positions they were fighting for did it really benefit them if they were to do that? 
if all of a sudden you're 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 fighting every weekend for podiums and race wins, that's when your number one driver and your number two driver really start to appear. If one person's outperforming the other, that's that's when it happens. Yeah. And for now, it's clear Daniel Ricciardo on paper is the better driver. He's he's got the experience behind him. He's got race wins. He's got multiple podiums. Lando Norris has got two podiums. Has he got? Did he get two or has he got one? I think just the one. Okay. So, like you said, opposite ends of of their career effectively. Um. Yeah, there, there, there won't be team orders or favoritism on drivers yet. No, no. Until and... they have that, until they have that championship contender car. Yeah, that that won't that won't establish. There will be the better driver, but no team orders or anything like that. Yeah, and I'm not expecting that this year anyway. What what I was trying to get at is they're going to start to have an idea of okay, who who is the one that we we can trust. Who is the one that, if it came to it and we had to pick one, who would that be? Because, you know, if they do it next year, um, you know, if they wait till sort of six months into the season, it's going to be too late for them. Um, yeah, and I think, I think they have brought Daniel Ricciardo in to be the leader of the team. Um, he's, got, he's got that experience that Carlos Sainz didn't. And... Don't get me wrong, if Carlos Sainz has stayed at McLaren, Carlos Sainz would be the driver that they'd be turning to to be the leader of the team. But he's not there. <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo is. So he has been brought in to be the leader and to take the, the team to another level. And Lando Norris is, can learn a lot from him. Lando Norris is still a baby in Formula 1. Mm. So he's, he's got a lot to learn. But that's exactly why I'm looking forward to, to these two and seeing what they do. Because, yes, look, Ricardo was brought in to, I guess, to be that number one driver. But if you Lando Norris, yeah, he's young in his career, but he's going to get to that point where he's thinking, like, actually, in 2022, we're going to have a decent car here. We're set up to have a decent car. Look, they might not, right? But everything points to the fact that they will. And he's going to want to be, you know, standing his ground. And I think, He's had his two seasons, you know. He's had his old sort of bromance with with Carlos, and I'm sure there'll there'll be something uh, vaguely similar to that with with Daniel Ricciardo. But you're going to see a different Lando Norris when it when it comes to it. And I I don't think this is going to be a um you know the most friendly um you know driver pairing in the world because look, Daniel Ricciardo wants to win a world championship, and if he doesn't become the number one driver at McLaren. Where they're going to put everything behind him, Lando Norris is. So I can see some, you know, I don't want to say animosity, but there's going to be a point where they're going to be biting heads. And I think, but I think you're seeing that. I think you see that already. But Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo deliver it in a different way than is usually seen, because because of both of their characters, they are funny guys. They're practical jokers. They just want to have a laugh all the time. And that's kind of seen in the way they take digs at each other. For example, you look at Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz, they would have had a dig at each other and they're like, I'm only joking, I can't be mad at you. And they give each other a hug or something. They're, they're, they're brothers. Like, it, it, it's, uh, what's, what was the cabron? Yeah. Uh, Carlos Sainz cabron. always called, yeah, he's always called Lando Norris' cabron. So 
but with with Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo, you can see like the comp the competitiveness between them is there already. Like it's not a there's no apologies for a dig. It's Lando Norris is like well you're just old, yeah. And Lando and Daniel Ricciardo's like have you got pubes yet? You you gone through puberty yet? It's it's the the, the dynamics different. Yeah, can, and can, there's no apologies. Can I just say something like? There is no way they're going to be using the uh, the Aussie version of Cabron. Uh, I'm I'm telling <laughs> I don't you. Even know, I don't even know what that is. Okay, it also begins with a C. Ah, uh, fair. Yeah, it, as in, it doesn't mean the same thing, but it's used in you know in the same way. You know what Australians are with uh, with I guess with the C word. Language. Yeah. yeah. So um, it it would be funny if they if they were using the Australian version of Cabron. Um, yeah, there might be a few expletives. Yeah. On Drive to Survive next year. Now, but I'm, I'm going to be excited to, um, yeah, for those two. That's what I want to see. I want to see who gets the uh, the upper hand, you know, early on in the season. Um, well, who's who's going to get the upper hand this weekend? Then who do you think is going to top know. the timesheets for McLaren this this weekend? I don't know. Look, right now it's a it's a fifty fifty. I think this is why we're we're sort of having this conversation. We're we're sort of you know sitting on the fence a little bit. But if I had to if I had to uh, to bet, I would say. I say Daniel Ricciardo might might just edge it. I think he'll edge it in qualifying, uh, and then there won't be a um, a um, a swap in in the race. I th- I think I'm going to disagree, and I'm going to go with Norris for this weekend. I only only basing that on the fact that it's Ricciardo's second race in McLaren, and he's clearly the th- the way he performed the last race. He's clearly not as comfortable in the car yet as Lando Norris is because he's not been in it as long. Um, so I think this weekend, Lando Norris might just have the edge over Daniel Ricciardo. That won't last long, though. Yeah, we'll see. Look, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what, um, what they do. Um, also looking forward to, to see Sonoda um, because... Oh, I absolutely love watching Sonoda. Yeah, I think he needs to be a little bit careful because look, he's done really well. In, in the first race and even in testing, right? He he's really sort of settled into the sport. I just hope he he doesn't get too settled, right? I hope he he approaches this weekend the same way he's approached, you know, the the other two weekends we've had, um, testing and um, and race one, because if you know if he gets too comfortable, he'll get beaten, um, not just by his teammate but by uh, by other teams as well and. He needs to, to, to keep up the concentration, and uh, which I'm sure he will. Um, I, but I, I want I to think, see some consistency from him. I don't, I don't want to see him get overconfident because, he, because of the way he performed, he pulled off some great moves uh, at the, the opening race weekend. He showed confidence in the car. He showed that he was comfortable stepping up to the, the level, the platform of, of Formula One. But I don't want that overconfidence to be his downfall. I don't want him to get overconfident and it be a detriment to him yeah. because he has got some serious talent, that, that kid. And at no point was he, um, did he look like he wasn't taking it seriously. You know, he was confident. He was doing very well. But at the same time, he knew the scale of what he was doing, driving a Formula One car in a Formula One race. He was very aware of that. And I think if he, if he keeps up that mentality, and every time he gets in that car, he's like, oh, my God, I'm driving an F1 car. He's going to do well. I think 
and that there's no reason why, why I'm even sort of insinuating this because he, he hasn't shown any sign that he, he might not treat it this way. Um, but if he, if he goes in and starts thinking like, oh yeah, like, you know, I'm dog's bollocks sort of thing, then he might, he might, might struggle. I think for the first few races, a driver like him, if you get points, great, but you want to just keep it safe. You want to, you want, you want people, it's better for people to not talk about you than to talk about you in a negative way. Absolutely. And absolutely, he's had a great first weekend. If you can replicate that, then fantastic. And, and uh, to be fair as well, you, you, with Japanese drivers, that's not a trait that you generally see with them, like the overconfidence and sort of taking things for granted. The, the culture in itself is quite a, a respectable culture and a very grateful culture. So you don't really see that in Japanese drivers. And I think I think he'll be all right. I'm just really excited to see what he does in in Imola. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be I'll be really excited to yeah to see what he does. Him, Gasly. There's a lot of there's a lot of things I'm you know looking forward to, especially when it's sort of early on in the season, because you know we've got one race to to go off of. But there is there's going to be so much to uh, to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, all the way up and down the grid, whether it's you know the guys we've mentioned, but even towards the back, you're going to be looking at someone like Mazapan and think, look, okay, has he learned his lesson? Are we going to see that step up from him from race one to race two? Um, you know, I think we might. I think we might. I think we might see um, maybe one spin less. Yeah. For, what? Four spins then? Yeah. It'll be, it's an improvement. It'll be an improvement on the, from the last race weekend. Yeah. No, but, but that's the thing. Look, I know we, we, we like to, uh, to take the mickey out of him. Um, and look, to be fair, he he does deserve to to have the mickey taken out of him. But, <laughs> he deserves every bit of criticism he gets. To yeah. Be fair. But, but genuinely, like, are we gonna see this guy step up? I mean, are we gonna see this guy actually become, you know, a decent Formula One driver? The same way that you know Latifi is, I guess, like, you know, that that guy you you don't actually realize he's racing um, until you you see the classification. I don't think he has ever overtaken anyone. I don't know if I've said this before. In, in yeah, the podcast, so, I don't know. I don't know. I've got I've got the race results up from last year, and Latifi of fifteen cars that finished, Latifi got eleventh. Okay, but I mean overtaking. Latifi's Latifi scored has scored more Formula One points, Formula One championship points than George Russell. No, George Russell got three. When for Mercedes, for Williams then. <laughs> what Latifi doesn't have points for Williams. Didn't Latifi get a point, or was it Kubica? No, Kubica. Kubica got one. My um, mistake. Years back. Um, but yeah, look, Latifi might finish eleventh or whatever. But actually, overtaking someone on track, I've never seen him do that. I I don't recall seeing him do it. Yeah, and um, even that, even this this Latifi that doesn't overtake people, yes, he's not Williams and whatnot. If Mazapan gets to Latifi's level, it's a step up. That's how bad sort of his his first race was. Yeah. True, I, I I can't see Mazapan lasting long in the sport in general. I can't see Latifi lasting long in the sport either. To be fair, well, um, just be, just because th- there's the teams are going to get to a point where the money becomes not irrelevant because money is always relevant in in Formula One, but teams will get to the point where is there is their money worth not progressing? 
Like well, their money's keeping us in the sport, but for what reason? But like, we're not actually getting anywhere with these drivers. But that's the thing, Lou. If you think of advertising uh, of Formula One as a advertising vehicle, and the money that you get from um, you know these companies to have their drivers in is more than the difference you think you're going to get in terms of finishing in the championship. If the if the if the money is more, then why would you not? You're still getting the uh, the, yeah. the advertising, and um, you know you're you're maximising the potential the potential money that's going to come into the team. But then, but then, how many how many teams in the past have left the sport because they weren't competitive, and it was oh, we can't just keep losing every single race weekend. Yeah, because they didn't have they didn't have the back end to say oh yeah we can literally go out there and not win because we've got all this money coming in that, that that's the difference and, and frankly like i said last week i think mazapan's seat is pretty safe uh the same way stroll seat is really safe and um who's the other even latifi he's he's got a safe seat you know these i yeah i mean with with, with i i i think stroll don't get me wrong i'm not a massive stroll fan i don't dislike him but i'm not a massive stroll fan but the difference, the difference between Stroll and say your you, you Mazapan, yeah, and I've said this before. Stroll's won things, like he's not just won the odd race in the junior categories. He's won championships leading up to his Formula One career, and 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 Mazapan's just got a few podiums and a couple of race wins. Do you know what I mean? It's not a, the his credentials aren't Formula One worthy. That's 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 my issue. that's my issue with it. Yeah, no, I get he, it. He's, he's just he's just bought. It's almost like do you know what? I've got myself a few billion. I'm gonna go buy myself a Formula One seat, and that's basically what it feels like. Mazapan's done. It's like, oh, Dad, I fancy a driving Formula One. Sort us out. Yeah, yeah, but look, and it, but... it just feels like if I if I had a few billion or a million or whatever was needed to buy that seat. I could just go and step into a Formula One car if I wanted. That's that's how those drivers make me feel about the sport sometimes. Yeah, and look, like you, we, you need to earn earn the right to be one of the best 20 drivers in the world. Yeah, but look, we, we can be happy with it or not, but at the end of the day, it's the reality of, of the situation. And, and I think we're going to, yeah. you know, we might see more of this, um, especially if they um, if they get more teams, more teams in the, in the sport, there's going to be more space for this. And there's going to be think, more teams looking for for investment, and there's going to be more guys with with kids who are in the F2 or F3, and, and they fancy an F1 seat, and and it's going to happen. Um, I I think for the race, I think the race this weekend, I I, yeah. I fancy. Um, I reckon if Mazapan finishes the race, if he doesn't spin out, he'll finish last. Yeah. Um, I think he'll finish behind Latifi, and I fancy Schumacher to he- finish ahead of Latifi. Mm, that'd be pretty impressive, actually. This is um, this is a point I wanted to I wanted to make. I'm gonna be looking out for Schumacher as well because, look, at, the, at this point we've got the whole F1 fan base, you know, kind of turning against Mazapan, um, you know, arguably rightfully so. But the thing is, can Schumacher also distance himself from him on the track in terms of where he's finishing? Because if we hear again taking the Mickey out of Mazapan, but Mazapan beats Schumacher. Or, or, or Schumacher finishes, you know, a couple of seconds ahead of him in, um, you know, in the race. It's not going to bode well for him either. Yeah, and I, what I want to see from from Schumacher as well 
is he's got a big weight on his shoulders. He he's got to live up to the the the, the name of his of his dad. His father has set a legacy in Formula One, and he has now followed his 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 dad into the sport, and he's got to live up to that name. And I think the biggest thing for Schumacher is which Schumacher is he going to be? Is he going to be is he going to be a Michael Schumacher or is he going to be a Ralph? Um, I think I, I, I think, think at this stage in his, in his career, be happy with either. I I, I agree. I, at the moment, from what I've seen of Michael Schumacher, of, of Mick Schumacher, sorry, I think he's in the middle. Yeah. Well, look, I, I would I would I wouldn't say he's got the same sort of qualities um, and sort of talent as his dad, but I don't think he's. I think he's better than. He's got more potential than his uncle. <laughs> yeah, look, we'll have to um, we'll have to wait and see with him. Um, should we yeah. um, should we finish up wrap up with our predictions for the weekend? Yeah, what are we starting with right. uh, quali? Yeah, let's do uh, let's do quali first. Who are you going okay. for? Um, I'm going to I'm going to go in for a surprise. And put Checo at the pole. Wow. Thank you for the points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that is ballsy. Um, I want to go for Max. Um, I just, I just think, I just fancy Max getting another pole. Um, maybe not as he won't be as far away as he was the first time, but I do fancy Max again. Um, top five. Top five. I'm gonna go race win Hamilton. Uh, then I'm going to go Verstappen Checo Bottas Gasly Interesting So see I also think Gasly is going to get it's going to get a fifth um, Yeah so let me uh, let, let me give you mine So I reckon actually I reckon Max is going to win it This is my dream is Max wins it the same way or, or very, in very similar fashion to, uh, to what Hamilton did in Bahrain. And then you just set up like, wow, this is going to be nuts. Like them two head to head for the rest of the season. But yeah, I go Max first, Hamilton second. Then I'm going to go, I'm going to go for Checo as well, uh, rounding up the podium. I'm, I'm hoping he's going to get up to speed with the car um, like we expect. And then, then Bottas. So yeah, like I've got quite, quite similar. We disagree on. On pole, um, yeah, I I just think I, I think Checo is just gonna have like he's gonna try and make up for last weekend. Um, oh, not last weekend, the last last race weekend. And the 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 thing is, he's not really started regularly from the front of the grid. It's gonna be a new experience, and I just feel like Hamilton, Hamilton just still has the edge over everybody else for get, grabbing race wins out of. Out of nothing, he seems to just find it. So I, I, I don't think Checo could hold on to first place, but it will, I think it's going to be a good scrap between Hamilton, Verstappen, and Perez. They're all three of them going to be close. Right. So look, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to get, I'm going to get more points than you this week. Like you've gone for Checo, so you've got the, you believe that Checo has the ability to get pole, but then doesn't have the ability to. Hold on to um, 
hold on to that place? Um, I don't think he he doesn't have the ability. But you, I just think you, Hamilton. Think won't. I just think Hamilton. I just think Hamilton's better. I just think Hamilton. Will have, Max Verstappen got pole position. He didn't win the race last yeah, but, last time out. But you've got Verstappen overtaking him as well. Yeah. Oh. I, I yeah. I I I think he's he's not gonna be. He's not gonna get pole. I think he takes more actually. But to... I, thing is, I I see now. I've got Verstappen down as overtaking Perez. That doesn't necessarily mean that it is Verstappen overtaking Perez. Yeah. It could be Red Bull going. Mm, here you go, Max. Have second place. And Sergio, you can have third. Yeah. I just think you have to be more at one with the car and be more comfortable with the car to to put it in, you know, put in a perfect lap together to get pole than you do to to just I guess keep a um, keep a place on the grid. Look, Mate, they, I, they're your picks. My, to be fair, they're your picks. Checo, Checo for pole. Look, this is this is a game. This is a competition. And do I am I a hundred percent confident that Checo is going to get pole position? Absolutely not. But if he does, what a heck of a prediction that was. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see. You're not getting extra points for it anyway, so. I should get bonus points if Checo gets pole. Try and catch up from last time. Look, if we're tied at the end of this and, and you got this uh this mental one with Checo, I'll 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 give you the win. Oh sweet, cheers, thank you. Anyway guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Formula One Ramble. Um as you know, all our socials are at F1 Ramble. So that's Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Hyper, and I don't know. Pretty much any any other any other platforms at some point will will take the name at F1 Ramble and then we might actually put some content out there. So yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Yeah.